You're listening to the Advanced Financial Planner, brought to you by the Institute of Advanced Financial Planners and your host, David Miller. On today's episode, we will be interviewing Pat Weir, RFP from LP Financial Planning Services, on how she discovered financial planning, women in the industry, and her client-first approach. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, Today, we have an extra special guest. We have Patricia Pat Weir. Uh, Do you go by Patricia or Pat? Pat. Pat, thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much for joining us today. Um, Very excited to have you. And uh, obviously, you have over 42 years at the Leeton Partners. Is that how I pronounce it? Uh, It's actually LP Financial Planning Services. LP, right. Uh, 28 years is what I calculated uh, your own practice. And then the last two years, you've been semi-retired. But obviously, uh, what I'd like to do is have you tell us a little bit about your history. Uh, The first question is really, how and why did you become a financial planner? Well, I kind of came about it in a little bit different manner. Uh, I graduated in 1977 with my Bachelor of Commerce and was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. And I happened to meet a fellow who was a commodities broker. And uh, so he was chatting about that. And then I said, well, what do stock brokers do? And so we talked about that and I thought, that's what I want to do. So I was 21 years old, my degree in hand, and I couldn't even get an interview at no. those places. Uh, in fact, one guy that I did get an interview with at one of the big brokerages, threw my resume back across the table at me and told me to go take the Canadian securities course and sell shoes or something and come back with some experience. <laughs> I was fortunate enough that I was hired by a firm by called Pemberton Securities. I just had dinner with my, my first boss there uh, the other day in, uh, in Edmonton, and he's still uh, on the right side of the grass and still is smart as ever. And uh, I worked as uh, on what we refer to as the IDA side, mm-hmm. IROC side. Right. Uh, till, well, I worked at Edmonton and then I decided I wanted to live in Vancouver. So I went out there for a while. And then I came back to Saskatchewan with a firm that hired me to open an office in my, my hometown called Prince Albert. Yeah. And all went well there until the crash of 87. They closed all their offices in right. Manitoba. <laughs> I hired a husband, and uh, so, and it was interesting at that time. The banks didn't even want, you know, they. Mm-hmm. Well, what do we need an investment person for? Uh, credit unions were about the same, and uh, so I partnered up with a guy in the insurance industry, mm-hmm. and that's when I discovered financial planning. Discovered. I love the way you say yeah. that. Yeah, because I mean. Back in the old days, you know, I mean, it was always about uh, making money on a stock or whatever. And, uh, you know, there was never, I guess the first time when he showed me some financial planning software, uh, where you plugged in what you had and what you would save, and it tells you whether or not you could afford to retire. And I went, well, this is amazing. (laughs) You you don't have to take big risks. You just, you know, you just follow. Yeah. It's something we take for granted these days. Yeah. And uh, so I got my insurance license and then I also, then I I just, I had my mutual fund license. Right. And uh, because 
I didn't, there was no firm here to work on the IDA side. And uh, then I spent uh, a number of years on the board of the Saskatchewan Pension Plan when it first came out, okay. which is the largest defined contribution pension plan in Canada now. Yep. And uh, I learned a lot about managed money. Right. And so, you know, combining, you know, the insurance with mutual funds, which back then was managed money, but there was like five mutual fund companies back then. And uh, yeah, and I loved it. And then I started going to um, the IFP conferences. Right. And met all these great people. One of the things that made me feel really at home was the percentage of women in the financial planning business as opposed to the IROC side. Yeah. And, uh, that made me feel great. And uh, I really felt at home. Yeah. So I got the whole history there. I got the how and, um, but maybe the why, could you focus on that? Why did you focus more on securities first and then um, getting into planning? I love that part. Uh, well, that's the, the nature of the beast back then. You know, it was, it was sales, 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 you know, it was who's got the best idea of the day. And um, it, it hadn't evolved into kind of portfolio management and that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I also realized too, you know, sitting in Prince Albert, Saskatchewan, which most people would think was nowhere's bill, Canada, uh, <laughs> you know, and by myself, the ideas and all that sort of stuff. At that point in time, I was ready to pass that responsibility on to CFAs and right. managers and that sort of stuff, especially after I'd spent some time in the pension industry and, you know, realize yeah. that there, there was more to it than somebody telling you this was uh, the idea of the day. <laughs> so you were slinging stocks, basically, <laughs> for a better word. Uh, you recognize that there are more qualified people to do that part for you. And you decided, hey, I can focus on these soft skills, uh, the financial mm -hmm. planning aspect. Yeah, and, and, and probably help people more by you know developing those skills so that's why it was important for me to get my rfp so i had some recognition that i knew how to use those tools to in order to help people yeah tell me a little bit about that um when did you get your did you get cfp first and then the rfp or uh, no you... i had i had all at that point in time the highest you could get in the security side was the fellow of the canadian securities institute so i had that right and i found with a lot of the the cfp course at that point in time was a lot of repetition of that um so anyways i just when i discovered financial planning and i found out this rfp existed i thought i want to do that and so i you know i think i i started my own practice in mid 1992 and i had my uh, rfp by the end of that year yeah so you see you really saw the rfp as a distinguishing feature mm -hmm. of your new practice can you tell me why you thought that was so important? Uh, because I, you know, it was it involved a lot. Like it was a, a piece of cake to get, <laughs> no. and um, yeah, because I, 
I took, well, as I, I mentioned earlier to you, I did, they had the RFP track at the IFP at that, those years at the convention. Mm-hmm. So I took that with my six old, six month, six week old baby by my side and then wrote the exam that October. Right. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, I was very happy to pass and to show the world that, you know, I did have some accreditation in this new industry, which is basically what it was back then. Right. And so why is it still important for you to be active today with the IAFP? Um, I, I love the conferences. Mm-hmm. And it's a way for me to get together with a lot of my colleagues and old friends and that sort of stuff that I don't normally see living in Saskatchewan. And uh, yeah, yeah I, and I think they do great work. I've got a lot of respect for people in the business. Yeah. And you said you started your own practice in 92. That was just by yourself. Yep. And that's, yeah. uh, I had uh, a fellow that used to work at another firm that kind of came in. We shared rent sort of thing. And uh, um, I come from a family of entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. I never, never did make a great employee. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, you know, having my own business, which you're allowed to do in the financial planning area, as opposed Mm -hmm. to the IROC area back then, Mm -hmm. uh, I really, uh, it was my thing, you know, it was my practice. I was proud of it. And, and, uh, you know, the buck stopped, stopped with me, you know? Yeah. And when, as an independent, did you find yourself to be successful and what led, what was the main thing that led to that success? Um, well, fo- you know, focusing on, on people in my town as um, part of the big problem in, uh, you know, a city of 45,000 people, uh, especially back in the late 90s when, or the 90s when I started, was it was serviced by people out of Saskatoon. Mm-hmm. And they'd service the heck out of somebody until they'd established their practice and then you'd never see them again. And that right. would be the complaint I'd always hear from people. And, uh, you know, so they were happy that there was somebody that was here that was established in the community that wasn't going anywhere, you know, mm-hmm. with the family and uh, both my husband and I are very involved with, with the community. And, uh, you know, I think that gave people comfort after being, you know, dubbed a few times by, by advisors over the years from Saskatoon, you know, or, I mean, in this industry, the failure rate is fairly high, you know, mm-hmm. so there does tend to be a a fair bit of turnover. And, you know, I think I showed people that, you know, I was a a member of the community, loved my community and I, you know, wanted to give back and uh, I did that. Yeah. And was there any mentorship that you um, experienced kind of going through that? Oh yeah. You know, um, Merv Sutton, I, he's not involved anymore. He's long retired. He was in Prince Albert and he was the one that really helped me get involved with the IFP and uh, then Cecile Wyatt, Chet Brothers out of Regina. Uh, we've all gotten to be really good friends over the years and in terms of sharing ideas and, and that sort of stuff. So Yeah, this is a consistent key. Whoever I talk to within the IAFP, really mentorship is such an important aspect. And it sounds like you're also mentoring, I think you um, have or had three other women on, on your staff? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, two of them uh, 
purchased my practice a couple of years ago and right. uh you know they uh as far as i could see are still co continuing to to follow the same principles that uh that i led by and uh yeah so yeah so what are you most passionate about in the planning industry right now uh what i'm most passionate about and probably what i've always been passionate about is the women that are in this business and uh it the the pressure isn't there like it is on the irock side and um women are very uh empathetic and they want to help people and stuff like that and uh as i always say you know if you look after your clients the rest of everything else will come absolutely and uh you know, it's, it's, it's scary sometimes starting out on your own and that sort of stuff. But if you mm -hmm. put the client first, mm -hmm. you accept that you have a fiduciary responsibility, uh, you will be successful. Um, it may take a little longer than the hard sales guy that's out there selling insurance or selling mutual funds or whatever. But if you're really focusing on what's right for the client, you will be successful. Yeah. So you're seeing, you said empathetic uh, women being a little more empathetic. I'm <laughs> going <laughs> to say a lot to the guys who are also empathetic. Uh, yeah. No, no, they're, they're, <laughs> planners in general uh, are considered to be empathetic. You have to have that uh, empathetic nature to be a financial planner, in my opinion. Mm. Yeah. Um, but certainly that leads to maybe a better career than uh, the sales. Or is that what you yeah, like I mean, so much of the the investment industry in that is is you know focus on sales and you know what your what your commissions are and this and that and and that sort of stuff and um you know when when you're in practice for yourself you're in charge of that you know you're mm. in charge of setting your own your own goals what you're comfortable with what you can manage and and all that sort of stuff and and uh, I think one of the reasons why I um, I decided to to step back and semi-retire was you know you just kept having to hire more staff and mm. you know being a boss is not fun for me right. <laughs> <laughs> i like the work i like dealing with clients and right. uh, yeah so uh, you got too busy is what I happened got too busy and you know i'm getting older i'm i wear out at the end of the day and i don't want to work weekends anymore and and that sort of stuff so it's um um but you know if i have any uh i i've spoken to a number of women's groups and and that sort of stuff and and if i had any regrets sort of thing hmm. was working too hard in the beginning you know because you're terrified that you're not going to be successful if you follow the recipe of just looking after your clients, you will be successful. And you can have that time to, uh, you know, with my kids, you know, they'd be doing their little thing at school and, you know, being in a smaller center, I could knock off for an hour, go see them do their little poem or whatever it was that they were going to do. And I could be back at my desk and, you know, oh, that, huge, yeah, huge flexibility with that. Yeah. Didn't have to take a day off or beg my boss for a moment or two and, you know, I always tried to make my uh, my office uh, mother friendly or daughter friendly. We right. all have we all have parents that are aging. Mm -hmm. We all have kids that are little that get measles and mumps and or hopefully not if they've been vaccinated. But back in my day, um, you know, you need that flexibility. And uh, I think if there's anything that's come from COVID, is I think mm -hmm. more and more 
bosses are realizing that people can function from home. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I have today, if I had a sick grandchild and I had to stay at home and I still had something to do, I could get it done with my laptop and all that sort of stuff. I don't have to be at the office. And I think if any good comes out of this, that could be one thing, you know, which makes life easier for women. Yeah. More of the balance and that's completely lacking in the, uh, careers of a lot of people. So that's really, really important. So you, it sounds my next question was really about your best advice to new planners coming up and you've already stated it is caring for clients and showing that you care. Uh, but any new planner even coming out of uh, school, what would your be, what would your advice be to them? Uh, it's a different ballgame coming into uh, the business now because there's no deferred sales charges. You know, I mean, yeah. if it wouldn't have been for deferred sales charges, I wouldn't have made it. You know, um, uh, that, I mean, I switched over to front end load 0% probably about five years after I um, became a planner, like IFP. And, um, you know, because I could afford to do that, I had built up my practice, but I built my practice up on deferred sales terms. Right, which are now outlawed. (laughs) Which are now outlawed, but, you know, at the time, it really... You know, I could pay my bills, you know, I could reinvest in my business and and that sort of stuff. So it helped to get me established. I think if you're starting out today, you've got to partner up with with an established person and enough of us old gray hairs out out there (laughs) that are looking for, uh, you know, hoping to retire someday. But you've got to find those people that are, um, you know, that you trust to take over your your practice and Mm -hmm. believe in the same ways of dealing with people that you do and the client come first and all that sort of stuff. So it's, it's being a bit like a marriage in terms of trying to find a practice where you, you, uh, you can find a fit there that, you know, you can be part of the uh, succession plan. Yeah. That's key is finding the right fit. Uh, finding the, if you hold on to your own belief and uh, what's important to you, again, caring for clients, putting them first, um, as you say, you will be successful, but you still have to ha- have a mentor. Yeah. That, that is so, so important. So important. Yeah. Um, so anything else you'd like to bring up as being really important? Well, I, I just think it's more and more important that people, you know, uh, have the services of a financial planner to help them get through everything. There's so much on the do-it-yourself out there. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of a day after I've worked and stuff like that, the last thing that I want to do is, you know, sit down and check my investments out. And, you know, am I doing this right? Did I do that right? You need to partner up with somebody. It's just like, I don't, you know, I depend on my accountant, you know, for for a lot of stuff. And mm-hmm. um, I believe in, in uh, I appreciate other professionals and what they bring to the table. Right. Uh, I'm not trying to do their job. I'm hoping they're not trying to do my job and then we, we can work together for, you know, for the uh, best outcome for the, the, the mutual client sort of stuff. So it's really important to, uh, you know, meet up with people that are professionals within your community mm-hmm. and, you know, really be there, be there for your client, especially when disaster strikes, you know, there's a death or a disability or something like that. And everybody needs to work together for the best outcome. 
and um, you know, everybody has different specialties and that sort of stuff. But you know, to me, I I like bringing everybody together so that and the client feels better about that. That's right. Um, I was going to say the the financial literacy in this country is so so poor that everybody should look to a professional advisor, uh, not a professional salesperson for the correct advice. Um, my own opinion, but maybe mm-hmm. comment on that. Um, yeah. I mean, if you go in there and then, a, you know, a client or a prospect goes in and the first thing they're, you know, somebody does is, you know, start talking product. To me, it's run. (laughs) (laughs) Like that's way down the road uh, Mm -hmm. in terms of of the planning planning process. And um, I'd like to see our industry talk a bit more about that. You know, it's not all about returns. It's not all about fees. Mm -hmm. About the you know your ultimate goals. You know, what is it that you want to to accomplish? And you know, help somebody map it out to get there. And, um, you know, that, that to me is my role is, right. is getting them from point A to point B. And um, in lots of ways, you know, when you run into somebody that's just after the sales, it, it's so short-term thinking. It, it right. doesn't, it's not, you know, talking about the long-term and your ultimate goals. And uh, maybe you don't have to take that higher risk in your portfolio. Uh, you could maybe get there be, by being conservative. And um, well, how do you know unless you do the plan? Unless you do a plan, you know? Yeah. And so you're semi retired now. So, how often are you doing uh, comprehensive plans and who are you helping right now? Uh, they're, they're basically people that I've been dealing with for years, lots of family, close friends, that sort of stuff. So, the plans are in place and it's a, just a matter of checking out and you okay, know, so you, something, something comes up, you know, death, divorce, disability, whatever, then, you know, we need to, to deal with, with that. And, and, you know, I have a handful of, very, you know, old, much older clients that, you know, I just felt the responsibility that I needed to see, see them through. So, so are you taking on any new clients at this point? It doesn't sound like your uh, window is open there. No, your door is open, no. I should say. And no. from a mentorship perspective, what if uh, financial planners, upcoming financial planners want to reach out to you? Is that something you'd oh, be interested in? Pop me off an email, telephone. I'm more than happy to, to uh, talk to, talk to anybody. Yeah. How, what's the best way for people to find you? Probably an email. Uh, Cause we kind of share our time between here and Canmore in the wintertime. We're avid skiers. Uh, I'm kind of laid up right now because I'm sitting here waiting for a new hip, but, uh, so I will have lots of time this winter. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, well, again, thank you very much. I, I didn't have any other questions. Uh, I should really expand upon this podcast, include things like books or other ideas, but if you have any other ideas you want to send my way, please Mm -hmm. feel free. Are you going to be joining the symposium this year? I am. And that'll be at the end of September. And we're all looking forward to that. It is virtual this year. Yeah, again. So, yeah, maybe oh. next year we'll all see each other sure in Ottawa, hope. right? Yeah, I sure hope so. We'll all have more gray hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's amazing what long-term stress does. Um, Pat, thank you very much for this conversation. Uh, great advice for 
people coming up. It was really good to hear your story. Um, Thank you and take care. Thank you. This episode was brought to you by the Institute of Advanced Financial Planners, home of the most respected planners in Canada, and your host, David Miller. Thank you for listening. For more information about the IFP, becoming a registered financial planner, or how to take your financial planning practice to the next level, please visit www.iafp.ca. Don't miss another episode. Remember to turn notifications on when you subscribe to our channel, wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you.